Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Who created the human race? What do alien greys really want? Did parasites try to influence the recent American elections? Well, it was very it was a very odd election season, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Hello there, and welcome to the 397th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those weird and varied questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. But before we welcome our guest, which we don't, we don't have, have one. <laughs> well, we were going to, but he, he had to take his kids to school. Uh, it's a long time. Go ahead. Right, so before we don't welcome our guest, let's do our weekly paranormal contest. So last week's question was, on what day in 2011 did five different commercial aircraft pilots report UFO sightings over India? Well, astoundingly, nobody got that right. The answer was January 26, 2011, five pilots reported UFOs over India in different places that day. All right, so this week's question is, in what body of water would you find the monster known as the Haha? I'm I'm just going to assume I pronounced that correctly, and that's not a joke, so don't laugh. So if you nail that, you can win a copy of Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, my dad's most recent book. And don't forget, we do welcome callers this evening, so our number is locally, or from Canada, the number is 401-766-1240. Again, that's 401-766-1240. Or from anywhere in the U.S., 401-449-1240. And before we go to our emails tonight, I wanted to thank all our veterans. Today is the official celebration of Veterans Day, though the actual day was yesterday. And there was a... uh, uh, a long and, and very, very appropriate uh, sort of a litany of things that you can thank veterans for. I think one of the greatest, you know, for example, uh, you know, if you love your freedom, don't thank a lawyer, thank a veteran, you know, that sort of thing, and it's true. I think if you really look at it, though, one of the greatest ways to thank our veterans is uh, to donate, if you can, to the USO, uh, USO.org. Uh, a veteran myself, uh, they, they really make you feel, they do, they make you feel welcome in, in faraway places. They, they provide wonderful things to veterans as far as help, uh, even, you know, family, uh, counseling. They, at least my day before, before the internet, you used to, uh, they, they'd help you call home and stuff. It was just a great, great bunch of people who do a lot of wonderful things and always have for our um, our veterans uh, and those who are serving right now. So USO.org, check it out. And also, you know, thank a veteran. You know, one of the, one of the uh, I don't want to, you know, go on too, too long about this, but it's an important subject. One of the most moving things I've ever seen is I've always taught my children to respect a veteran, Ben and his brother, to respect our veterans. And being in a barbershop one day with Ben's older brother, and there was a World War II veteran in there, and the man stood up and my son Jonathan went over to him and shook his hand. He was about 15 and said, sir, I want to thank you for what you did. The man had tears in his eyes. Our veterans deserve thanks. So, so please be grateful for them because uh, we tend to be very, we take things for granted in this country. We tend to be kind of spoiled. And a lot of people do around the world today. We can lose what we have very easily. So just think about that anyway. So anyway, let's get right to our listener questions here. And this one is from Megan. She, uh, sure, Ben, that she let us use her full name. Megan Malloy in Needham, Massachusetts. Okay, actually, Ben has left. I'm going to wait till he gets back before we read that. 
Okay, this is kind of interesting. This one is from uh, Bobby Pemberton in Westmont, Illinois. And uh, Bobby writes, Hello, I now understand why I have caught entities on film. And just by using light and contrast, I can sometimes see more than one figure or scene in the same place. Multi-universal space. You wouldn't believe what I've seen. Or maybe you would. <laughs> maybe I would. Uh, so, uh, Bobby, I would say, of course, here that what she's talking about is the use of photography in paranormal research. Now, of course, today, there, one of the problems is that you have things like Photoshop and all this nifty software that allows you to put a T-Rex into a picture and it looks like it really belongs there and somebody's going to believe it. So it may be amazing how naive people can be. However, in my day, you still had, uh, back in the day, you still had f- photographs that, that uh, required cameras and film. And this, uh, these negatives of this film could be examined with great thoroughness to see if something was a reflection or whatever, or, or was really on the original photo, this kind of thing. But what I think uh, Bobby is referring to here is the idea that when you have a digital photograph, and you say you have some orbs, and this is the most common and ubiquitous form of alleged paranormal photography. Uh, half the time it's dust or you know raindrops or whatever. But when you have this, you, you can sometimes lighten up the photograph and other orbs will come out. And I think this is legitimate. I think uh, orbs, when they are not explainable in any other way, can be... Uh, paranormal in the sense that they are, um, well, my personal belief is that they are life forms that are based on plasma, and this has been speculated about by people who think about uh, different kinds of life other than ourselves, including Carl Sagan, the great uh, scientist and writer, uh, life forms that are based on plasma and that feed around what we see as the boundaries of parallel worlds, and these parallel worlds, in our opinion, and it's a minority opinion, but I think this is what I've seen in 40 years of paranormal research, that these parallel worlds really explain uh, the par- everything we call paranormal ghosts, UFOs, you know, the interaction of these different worlds where physical laws can be quite different and where the denizens and the inhabitants can be quite different as well. I feel this is a sort of as real as it gets. So in any case, I think what she's referring to here in the photography is that if you lighten up the photo, you can see uh, lighten up uh, electronically, you can see sometimes other things. Now, well, we very often use, and many people who investigate this area use uh, infrared photography. And what infrared does is it's, it reads heat, really, rather than light. So the things that wouldn't necessarily even be visible to the naked eye can come out in the photograph. And uh, you can duplicate that to some degree by simply lightening up digitally the photo. So I think that's what... Uh, Bobby is talking about, and uh, so good luck, Bobby. You know, welcome to send some of the photos uh, along uh, if you'd like, and we'll take a look at them uh, from Westmont, Illinois. Okay, now let's um, take a look here. This is another one. This is about aliens, and it's from Sandy B in North Smithfield, Rhode Island, right in our listening area. Uh, her comments here, uh, I wish your show was longer, but if you listen to enough of them, you start seeing a picture of the aliens from all sides, if that is what they are. You guys and your guests talk about them as aliens uh, or parasites making believe they are aliens or as time travelers or even ghosts. What do you really believe the greys are and what do they really want? Well, that's that's the uh, $64,000 question, I guess. Uh, Sandy, and the the answer is uh, nobody really really knows. One thing I do suggest in the paranormal is to realize that it's never what it appears to be. 
And this is one of my, my main gripes against uh, whether it be the, the uh, ghost hunting craze or anything else. People just go in and they assume not only that 19th century ideas can explain these phenomena, but that they are what they appear to be. In other words, when you have a, a footstep you know, pounding over your head in your attic, say, that it really is a ghost, like walking across your attic, or if you see a, a creature that looks like one of those funny little greys, like from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that it's somebody from another planet. Well, we don't know anything of the kind. Could be somebody from another planet. It could be... Um, a number of other things that are not quite as 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 appetizing. Uh, we have a lot of evidence that there are, and we all the time run into what we refer to as parasites, entities that I think are responsible for our folklore about evil spirits and demons, and they are they seem to be essentially uh, cosmic parasites or mosquitoes or something. I'm not saying not literally mosquitoes, but but entities that feed upon our energy. And again, you have to be open-minded about life. Life has been found everywhere in, in, in many different forms and uh, that have surprised scientists who assume that all life has to be like us and has to be based on the power of the sun. And uh, these, these seem to be among them. Life seems to be, uh, as have been speculated by several forward-thinking scientists, life is everywhere. It's not the exception in the universe. It's the rule. And among the forms of life, are those that seem to live among and between these parallel worlds that we've been talking about. And again, as speculated by quantum physicists. So uh, this is what we, we seem to think that some of these creatures may be. Uh, and I've often, again, said that suppose you have a certain context, you know, we make our assumptions based on what we see or feel or hear. And as I say, if you're sitting, if we're sitting here in the broadcast booth at WOON here and a wispy figure goes by the window or, or goes down the hallways, aha, a ghost, you know. But if we are out in the parking lot and we see a, a disc hovering over the parking lot with that wispy figure, aha, some kind of alien or a- alien energy or whatever. So what these grays may be, I really don't know. I, I, I would say one thing, though, I, I don't trust them. I don't trust these things until I really have some uh, real assurance that they are what they appear to be or that they are not m- malevolent. We have many friends out there in this multiverse, but we also have a number of, of um, I, I suppose, deliberate or de facto enemies, I suppose, in a sense. So I would say we really have to be very careful here with what um, uh, what we're dealing with when it comes to these grays. Uh, one of the cases that we have been working on for a very long time, we're always talking about it. We haven't told you where it is, but we, we talk about it frequently. It started, one of Ben's first cases, certainly, that he worked with me on, started in 05 in Connecticut, and it began with what were apparently uh, ghost phenomena, a very unusual kind of ghost phenomena, but uh, it led to uh, further research. We're still working on the case, and it led to all sorts of uh, interesting, seemingly um, alien life forms manifesting in this this house and on this property, and it also seemed... uh, to be very interesting that UFOs started to appear or were st- started to be noticed. Uh, grays uh, were at least once were seen in a uh, one of the bedrooms and uh, photographed and this sort of thing. And we had uh, craft flying overhead, very strange, and a lot of military activity, which in our opinion were all connected. And a lot of the things that, that are researched in the paranormal, I think people make the mistake uh, in assuming that, well, a ghost is a separate thing. UFO, entirely separate area of the paranormal. Uh, Bigfoot or, or these weird creatures of Loch Ness Monster, what, what have you, are all 
uh, separate from this. I don't think they are. I think it's the same multiversal processes that allow all of these things to manifest. So uh, this seems to be happening in places like this. So we never look at any particular uh, area in isolation. When you have a quote-unquote haunted house or activity taking place in a certain place, it's never just that one place, and it's never just that one phenomenon. And we've always cited many examples of that uh, on the show as we've talked about cases. But again, uh, the Greys, I don't know. Uh, there, there are all kinds, there's all kinds of wild speculation that these Greys are working with our military, uh, are, are involved with the government or somehow have their little hands in all our affairs. I mean, maybe. Uh, I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Uh, I just think it's, it's very interesting to study and uh, also to be very, very skeptical and to be very uh, doubtful about uh, motives on the parts of anything you might run into, whether it be these grays or whatever. So anyway, I hope that um, uh, gives you a little... Um, Insight into that, that at all, Sandy, and we'd uh, keep, keep in touch. I'd like to hear from you again on any thoughts you might have. Okay, here is, uh, here is one that I suppose is kind of a bombshell, but we're going to read it anyway. This is from Lou M, as his final initial, in Boston. And Lou writes, this past election was weird. I know a lot of people, I'm one of them, that think government mind control has a lot to do with the election and our daily lives because of global conspiracy. What do you guys think? Well, I have to tell you, Lou, um, I, I just think, I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of strange things in the paranormal over the, the last 42 years or so, and I just, you know, I, I, I'm not prepared to shut off any possibility. But you have to look at the, na- when you're talking about the political world, and, and I think that there is a lot of evidence of parasitical influence in governments in the history in not just in people's lives because the more buttons they push the more food they get so to speak so it's perfectly possible that there's involvement here but i mean as far as uh, you have to look at the human dynamics of these things too the anybody who has has whose people have sort of lost the election might be tempted to say well it, they really can't have lost honestly there must have been must have been rigged or there must have been parasites involved or aliens who were manipulating the, the balloting. And who knows, you know, maybe. But I think the chances of that are very slim. And I think what's really going on is we're looking at a completely changed demographic in the country. People don't see things the way they used to. And people just vote that way. I mean, I, there are all sorts of arguments you can make. We don't like to get really too political on this show, I mean, except unless there's a paranormal connection. So I, I just, as I say, I'm not really prepared to go there just now. It's, um, um, I think we're just looking at a very different country, you know, for better or for worse. Uh, no matter what state we're in, I'm sure that uh, from a paranormal standpoint, a parasitical uh, entities will try to take advantage of it or make the best of it. As, as we always say, imagine the amount of sustenance they could get from, you know, a mass anger or the negativity. Uh, one thing, especially, especially as a veteran that, that, uh, that really, uh, bothers me is the, the tremendous, I suppose you could say, well, certainly division in the country today. And I can't see how parasites, you know, taking this to its logical conclusion or illogical conclusion, wouldn't use that. I've never seen a time when there is such hatred and distortion and lies on both sides. 
people say liberal and conservative, but there are a lot of characteristics of these groups that don't match either liberal or conservative. It's just, it's, it's, it's almost irrational. And people believe the lies and distortions on both sides. And I, I can't get over it. I, I don't understand it. Um, we, we sometimes talk about religion on the show because it's got a, you know, that, that's of paranormal relevance and just, the, and, and again, not to get off topic, but you know that, this bothers me. We used to have in this country what was called the American Civil Religion. No, nobody, you probably don't recognize the term, even those of you who are older. But it was a, a sociological phenomenon, and it wasn't just us. France had it, and to some degree, certain other countries did. And what it was was you sort of deified, or almost made gods out of. In our case, people like Lincoln. George Washington, and you know, huge figures striding across American history. And you might say, well, that wasn't really right or wasn't accurate, but it did establish a commonality. It did establish a sense of ideals in the country that, interestingly enough, you don't need in a monarchy. <laughs> and I don't want to get into that now. But, I, but anyway, all these things have changed. The public school systems used to be the seminaries of the American civil religion, but now they're, they're more not that. And so that that has gone. And so, uh, interestingly enough, is uh, you know you, you're seeing a sort of a lack of commonality here and a lack of common vision. Uh, were this regional, I think we'd be looking at another civil war. I, I, and and you know, that's no exaggeration. But all we can do is pray for our country, uh, honor our veterans, and and I think certainly uh, always in our personal lives and always. Uh, and, and even in our national lives, be aware of negative influences and try to try to avoid that. And as Ben is always saying, and we were on that trip to Europe, and I'm I'm not a young guy, and you know, I was kind of tired here and there, and got a little crotchety. And he always cheered me up. He always look at the bright side of life, you know, from the Monty Python song. Uh, and I know, and it's true. You really have to look at the bright side. You can't let this stuff get you down. As far as the election, who knows? I mean, I don't see any evidence that there was anything particularly weird about it, except that the country's changing. So maybe I'm wrong, but uh, anyway, thank you for uh, uh, for writing in, Lou, about that. And uh, you know, who knows? As far as global conspiracy is concerned, we don't get into that a lot on the show. But uh, I've seen a lot of weird things in my time, particularly through some certain work I was doing years ago. And uh, I don't know, I just, you know, in some ways you think, well, you know, the government or any government couldn't organize a checkers game and do it right. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of weird things go on. So we know about, and speaking as a professional journalist, we know about 10% of what's actually going on in the world. So, uh, but again, I'm not prepared to really jump over the edge with this either. So anyway, I wanted to read your note, and there's there's my answer, Lou, anyway. Okay. Uh, here is... Um, an interesting one. I don't know where Ben is here. He's disappeared. This is about haunted things, and it's from Peggy in Seattle, uh, the great KJAQ out there. We get our CBS show on Sunday nights. Hi, Paul and Ben. Uh, of all the shows on the air, yours is the best. Well, thank you very much, Peggy. Uh, Paul, I heard you on the Travel Channel talking about objects that can be haunted. Can you explain again? how you feel that works, and have you ever run into haunted objects yourself? Well, that's a good question. The Travel Channel shows she's referring to, I believe, is Curses of New England, and of course one has uh, immortality through reruns with these shows. Uh, people will come uh, come out and say, oh, I saw you on History Channel yesterday. I said, oh, really? You know, they don't tell you when you're going to be on. They just rerun the things forever. So it's a, you know, a nice surprise when somebody says they saw you, although I hate to see myself because I was a lot thinner then, and... uh 
you know, especially on on those those widescreen TVs that don't have the feature that makes the you know everybody looks fat. Oh, I look terrible. I don't even want to see it. I look like a house. Anyway, uh, to answer the question here, Peggy, um, what we I was talking about in that case, if that's the show you're referring to, was Belcourt Castle in Newport, Rhode Island, not too far from where we are here, and they have a number of objects that seem to be quote unquote haunted. And I think the particular subject at the time was the suit of armor. Now, you can take tours. Uh, Mrs. Tinney owns the place, lovely lady. And you can take tours of Belcourt Castle and see many of these objects. I believe they even have the ghost tours and all that touristy kind of stuff. The way I described it on the show was that, and the way I would describe it here, is that you have vast amounts of energies here. Your own consciousness... I call it, you might call it a consciousness wave, some, some physicists do. Picture it as almost like a vinyl record, an old time vinyl record stretching out in all directions, circular, and it has lumps in it. And those lumps would be the things you know that are part of your conscious reality, the part of your consciousness time stream. There would be those, uh, objects that, that, uh, are, are other people. There would be objects such as, say, a table or a suit of armor or a painting or a mirror or something that was, has been very important to you in your particular consciousness stream. Now, eventually, this consciousness stream takes in everything. But I've actually had cases start where people said that they moved a table, something as simple as that, or they moved a mirror or this, and all sorts of paranormal events started to occur. I think that is because, among other things, your consciousness stream is um, blending or interfering or intersecting with someone else's to whom this object was very important. Therefore, you begin to feel and hear and maybe even see them in their life with this object. I don't know about objects that move by themselves being actually, and, and this is something we've said several times, if you have an object that is, is is moving uh, or telekinetic activity is taking place. People say, they just assume, aha, the ghost did it or the demon moved the thing or threw this at me or whatever. And very often we're dealing simply with the energies that permit these things to manifest in this way and the energies will do funny things with space-time. Remember that physicists say that in these parallel worlds, very often, the laws of physics are quite different. The laws of gravity might be different. The laws of even the nature of matter might be different. So that when I, I, for example, stood in that kitchen in Bridgeport, Connecticut in 1974 with a bunch of policemen and fire officers and fire, firefighters, and the uh, refrigerator picked itself up and uh, started moving around, or things flew at us off the shelves. And This might not necessarily have been the poltergeist or the demon or the ghost doing this. It might have been the strange laws in their worlds that were doing this because the worlds were intersecting. So uh, when it comes to haunted objects, I think you may have those two factors, the intersecting of the consciousness waves uh, and uh, simply the energies uh, that, that are influencing matter. Ben is back. Yeah, sorry, I, I disappeared for a little while. So what say you on that? What say me? Yeah, I mean, what, what about these other things here? You didn't respond to some of these other questions. Well, that, yeah, that's because yeah. I, I disappeared. I just fell off the face of the earth for okay, a little Okay, yeah, bit. you were in the, this, sucked into parallel Give worlds. me the emails. All right, yeah, take so a look at some I, of these. You didn't, okay. 
Well, no, I was I was in the middle of uh, doing some other stuff. Right. Not like it should come before the show, but I feel like I should get it out of the way. No problem. But uh, I wish your show was longer. Uh, I do too, uh, or maybe I don't. Yeah. Well, we already read it on the air. With this. I know. I'm yeah. I'm just reading it to myself, and okay. I don't want everyone to be like, value why is your, being so quiet? We value your opinion. I value I value your opinion as well. So, what do you really believe Greys are, and what do they want? Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. There you go. There's an honest know. answer. What about the one underneath it? Like, <clears throat> well, how are we supposed to know what greys are? I mean, it's not like they just come to us like, oh, hey, what's up? My name is... Well, exactly. Whatever. Nothing is what it appears to be. The past elections were in a lot of people. Uh, no, go, no, no, I don't think we need to talk about the elections again. No, let's not do that. No, Here's the one I was waiting politics. for, though. I, try to stay I thought you, you would have an opinion on this one. Uh, actually, why don't we take our break, and then we'll come back to this, this very interesting And then you can explain one. to me during said break... What actually happened. So, okay. you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We're going to take a really quick commercial break so we can pay our bills. Oh, just a Hi, everybody. This is Mark Garrow, the host of PRN's Garage Pass, where I keep you up to date with all the latest NASCAR racing news. Garage Pass can be heard right here on WOON every Tuesday through Saturday mornings at 735 and is sponsored by Simon Chevrolet, 114 Fortin Drive, One Socket. Remember, Simon Chevrolet is always open online at simonchevy.com. Garage Pass, Simon Chevrolet and WOON, One Socket Radio. A winning combination. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. And we wanted to remind you that, of course, as if we needed to remind you, the gift-giving season is coming near. And we're talking about, of course, the Amazon Kindle. And it's a wonderful reader device. And, of course, you can get up to 22, uh, on the, the high-end models, 22 million games, books, publications of all kinds, Apps and movies, TV shows, you name it, you can get it. Full color, high definition. And, of course, the, the lower-end models, you're going to get just books, including four of mine. Uh, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghost, and Human Destiny, and on another subject, Rhode Island, A Genial History. So check it out, Amazon.com, and you can get them at Staples and Toys R Us as well. Wonderful gift for anybody I know uh, several senior citizens who who swore they would never touch a computer, and they really enjoy their Kindles. It's, you don't have to have a huge bunch of shelves for books and things. It's all right there. Download them, and it's uh, very affordable. Uh, just uh, So check it out, Amazon Kindle. Okay, and we're coming back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And we have an email here from, uh, says we can use her full name, Megan Malloy in Needham, Massachusetts. And she has a question about the creation. All right. So Megan writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben. Have you seen the movie Prometheus? Uh, It raises a lot of questions about where we came from in the movie. Uh, Beings from another planet with some DNA came to Earth and made us then uh, thousands of years later today. They decided uh, they didn't like us and were going to come and destroy us. I just find this all very upsetting, and I prefer to think that God created us, but Paul, you have sometimes said that we are not native to our planet and came across as a believer, but you come across as a believer in God. What do you and Ben really think? Well, do you... All right. Well, for, first, about about that, I think Ben knows more about the movie, but, you know, first of all, you know, you can't, Hollywood is not the place to get your history or your theology or your your archaeology or just about anything else except entertainment. That's what it's for. Uh, so, you know, don't be upset by films. 
I did look at the trailer for this film, and I know that we always speculate about things like this. The film, as Ben pointed out to me, is essentially what? You said it's like a prequel to Alien, the 1980s film Alien. Indeed. I just wanted to say something really quick. Yeah, please. Um, pretty sure Bill just called, and I was, I was just kidding when I was when I was like, no, you can't talk to us. I was just trying to make a joke, and I guess it didn't come across as such. So just feel free to call back. You can totally, you can totally talk to us and call us. It's not like we have... Well, it is an open line show, so feel free to call us back. I didn't mean to sound come across as rude or anything. All right, so uh, continue with uh, Prometheus. Yeah, it is a prequel to Alien as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, seven six six one two four zero or nationally eight hundred four four eight hundred four four nine one two four zero. Okay, so do we have a. No, it's just Craig. Don't worry about it. Okay. Wait, you're busy tonight. Ben is also our producer here, so he's he's, he's got yeah you know, to do a little really work on the side. Torn. Anyway, um, so I did see the trailer, and of course it's it's these uh, uh, alien guys who look just like us, almost only they're bigger, and one thinks of the giants in the earth thing, and they're they have different kind of complexion, uh, but they come to Earth, and the guy I don't know apparently puts his DNA in the environment, and we apparently are the result. Well, I am a believer in God. I, you know, you might argue about what God it is. Uh, you know, sometimes because people who say they don't believe in God, I always ask them what God they don't believe in. And I get, you know, if I get some goofy answer, I say I don't believe in that God either. So I think that uh, again, uh, this is this is essentially because the question arises: even if uh, our DNA was manipulated by someone or something back in the in the remote uh, past. Then you know who created them. You know, so I mean, you you, you get the same the same issue. Um, I just I just feel the presence of God in creation. And I don't think it's just explainable entirely, certainly by uh, any kind of genetic manipulation. We do have a caller. Hi, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, Bill from Franklin. Hey, oh, Bill from Franklin. Good to, good to hear from you. How are you? I have a lot of lot of lot of strange dreams. Okay. And sometimes I'm not always me. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I, I dreamt I was in in the future somewhere and in some big uh, wide screen and and it was uh, blinking and and it said uh, security warning or something and and uh, and I walked out in the hall and there was this black woman and I knew she was a robot and she said hello Mr Ward or something like that yeah which isn't even my name <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was that one was kind of strange it is kind of strange yeah you know dreams are really Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of inexplicable in a way, but we believe that many times they are actual experiences of lives you're living parallel and to this one. My mother and father, who died 10 years ago, they're in my dreams all the time. Yeah. Well, my, my mother died, Ben's grandmother died a year and a half because she's oh, yeah. a, almost every night, just, you know, and they're, they're wonderful dreams, you know. One of them, um, I was coming up up my cellar stairs, and I, and I go to shut the door, and halfway up the stairs... Is me coming up the stairs? Really? That's a dream. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I was wearing a hat I wore like forty years ago. Interesting. Let me ask you this, Bill. Uh, this may seem like a funny question. What What is your diet like? Uh. Does he eat a lot of meat? Eat no meat? Eat fish? I mean, because uh, I don't I don't eat any 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 fish. No, I, I don't know. Uh, not. Some meat, yeah, not not too much meat, a little. Okay, well, because the reason I ask you, maybe Ben could tell you more about this, is that, is that the diet often will affect your consciousness. There's there's an old saying that you are what you eat. Oh yeah. 
So if you eat, um, if you eat a lot of peanut butter before you go to sleep, you no, have crazy no, no, dreams. No, I never eat peanut butter. Oh, see, there you go. Okay, well, that's no explanation. So you just have interesting dreams without the peanut butter. But you know, you know, your diet can affect uh, your spiritual consciousness, which includes, I think, your dreams as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You, it could also be that you're in touch with a lot of other yous or people in in your consciousness, if you will, if you want to follow oh, like, uh, parallel yeah. lives you're living. A lot of most people are. Couple, in, in a couple of times that. I dreamt I was, I'm in, I'm in uh, Franklin when it, when it was being built, and, and I'm walking around looking at the buildings being built. Interesting. And I was there more than once. Yeah. And somebody, somebody on Joe's show said, said, oh, the, that's a, that's something from, from the past, one of your past lives you, you're reliving or something. That's the usual interpretation. Um, our particular point of view is you can't have past lives as such because there's no past. Oh yeah. That's because you know time. That's not the way time is organized. That's the way we experience it, but that's not the way it really. But is. I was I was there more than once. I was in there in, in two or three dreams. You know. Yeah. Oh no, it's not that you're not there. It's just that that so-called past life is actually a parallel life. Yeah. You know, in our opinion, like it's all going at once. Yeah, and, and we we actually talk to people who will hypnotize you and, and take you back to these past lives, and they'll say it's funny. Because sometimes people describe lives in the future, you know, like 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 all the all the things that I know uh, are in these dreams, but they're all mixed up and they're all not in in the, in the correct order. Well, sometimes we don't remember them easily. So when we actually had the dream in our subconscious, we, they might be very orderly. Yeah. But, I only um, remember the tail end if I happen to yeah. wake up. Yeah, after it. Yeah. And uh, supposedly, too, uh, many of the dreams you remember when you wake up are dreams you had just before you wake up. Yeah, you, yeah. the last, like, five minutes of REM sleep, that's when you actually yeah. remember them. Yeah. You know what you might want to do? Because I, I do this, Bill. It's it's to keep a dream diary. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I did that. Oh, did one, you? Okay. That would be one time, put, put the date. And, one time after a dream, I, I wrote it down quick because I, I knew I'd forget it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. And oh, then yeah. it's interesting later to compare them. Uh, one with the other and, and to see uh, if there's any pattern. And I've found that when I do that, I, I find that I have similar – I visit the same places. There's a particular restaurant my wife and I eat at a, at a corner of a town in Pennsylvania. And, of course, I've never actually been there in this this life. But uh, we, we visit it frequently in a number of different dreams, and it's really amazing. A couple of dreams, uh, I'd walk to a neighboring town, but I had to walk a certain way or I'd get lost in and I've been there more than once. I yeah, don't know what, yeah. what what town it is. But. Sure. Well, you, you got the, you, you got the rhythm there, my friend. So, yeah, keep writing them down. That's great. But but it's, but, but, but the dreams are kind of all over the place. I don't know. <laughs> well, they seem, but you know, there can be patterns, and uh, I don't, you know, it's well, like, psychologists it's like, tend to think it's because um, we have a chemical in our brains. Uh, this is getting to neurology here. Uh, it's called GABA, and what it does is it shuts down certain processes of your brain, and in that, it shuts down the frontal lobe when you go to sleep. And that's where logic resides, supposedly. So things happen in your dream, like say, like someone like is like tossing a chicken around, like oh, we're playing baseball. <laughs> it just it makes sense to you in your dream. Yeah, but, but all, all these people I know who, who are no longer living are, are all in the dreams all the time. Sure. Well, the thing is that they, they are living. Yeah. No, nobody dies. I mean, somebody's you're they're, they're always alive in some parallel reality or other. Yeah. And um, that's kind of a happy I, thought. You're the happiest. To, Kind of believe that, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe, though. <laughs> well, sometimes you hear, but we could be wrong. But that's that's the way. Th- th- those are the conclusions we've drawn. Yeah, you could have yeah. something completely different from it, us. It does kind of match with what was ha- happening with me and the dreams and stuff, stuff though. Yeah, yeah. But nobody really knows. But as we always say, it's the first day of school. You know, really, we're just uh, but, but, need to learn these but, things. But, 
But that UFO I saw, that was no dream. I, I remember that clear as a bell. Oh, I remember you telling us oh, about yes. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's burned in my memory. I'll never forget it. Uh-huh. You want to tell us about it again I don't know, for people who didn't uh-huh. hear? Yeah. Well, I, I was in a parking lot, uh, like uh, three houses down from where I live. And, and I was, uh, was uh, July, July was now third, I think it was, yeah. I, I, I was, was going to see watch the fireworks. And and I noticed the sky was was very bright and and it was and it was and it was uh I looked up later and the moon, and there was no full moon that night. There was no full moon but the but, but the sky was bright and it was kind of cloudy off and on. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of a sudden I I looked up over, over my head and right over my head about about a treetop level of this big round object. Oh yeah. Uh, gray. Yeah. And it, and it may have had writing on one side I wasn't sure about that. What but year was a, this? Because the automobile, and it went slowly in, into the cloud when, when it when it realized I was looking at it. I guess this area is weird that way. This uh, what year was this, Bill? Uh, twenty ten. Twenty ten. Okay, so not that long ago. Uh, I believe it was July third. I wrote it. I wrote it down. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good. Yeah, and we we advise got, everyone to do that. Write everything down. I got a website and and I wrote it all out on a on on a on one one little section. So. So I remember it all. Yeah, excellent. And, excellent. and I saw it again briefly that same night, about ten minutes later, and it was further over in the sky, and it went into a cloud again. Really? Okay. Well, that's okay. great. Well, Bill, thanks for your call, my friend. And okay. uh, you know, we'll have call at any time. We're always interested in hearing uh, hearing what you have to say. Indeed. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. So, uh, Bill from Franklin, Massachusetts, everybody. Uh, now let's get back to the creation here. This. Um, I prefer to think the guy. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, certainly. Um, I just think that uh, Ben. What, what do you think? I mean, what was the? You know, we probably know more about this film, and I just I uh, haven't seen it. I I heard it wasn't really that great, and I didn't yeah, really want yeah. to see it. But it's pretty much from what I've heard, it's not really that great cinematically. But yeah. I I don't really know. If I saw it, I could probably give you a better educated answer. Yeah. But I feel like movies have a way, or well, film in general. Uh, or any sort of art has a way of reflecting people's emotions, whether it be mm. uh, fear, uh, happiness, uh, any 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 sort of thing. And if you're feeling like, for example, uh, if this if this movie really plays on your fear of us not being, uh, I wouldn't say in control, but flipping everything we know upside down, so to speak, then you're going to be afraid of that, and then you're going to ask questions. Yeah. And say, or if um, it's a movie about like a serial killer or something like that, you're going to be like petrified, like, oh, there's a serial killer running around, or this has happened, and it's like, it could happen again. So Something like that, it tends to play on your emotions mm. and make you feel certain ways, as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why film is a very odd thing, because it... It shows images that can really scare us or really make us feel great. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very important medium that way. One thing I might point out, and I researched this for my last book, was uh, the contention that a lot of people suspect or feel or want to believe or whatever. Here, that uh, the that 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 the that God was really an alien. All right, or th- that what we think of as God today really started with 
uh, alien activity and uh, the we've even, even talked about it in some of the ancient documents, particularly the Karsag epics, where Karsag and Nin Karsag were, were the the heads of a what seemed to be an agricultural community and made genetic changes to the local population, which was of course probably I suppose Cro Magnons or somebody, and all this stuff. I mean, it's all possible, but the thing to remember. For I suppose for believers is that behind all that there is still clearly in the remotest human folklore and beliefs and traditions God because I specifically look uh, having talked with uh, Australian Aboriginal elder Cree elder in Quebec um, people from the Andaman Islands whose tradition and, and I didn't talk to any Bushmen but their tradition goes back at least 150,000 years that before any of the legends crept in that could be attributed to alien activity on Earth, there is this august, serene figure of the creator, the real creator. You know, And oddly enough, it's almost Trinitarian. There seems to be a father, a mother, and a child, a sort of Trinity kind of God, that then the child, of course, usually in most cultures, reflects us. We are the child. So... I, I like to look back at that very beautiful and simple and dignified sort of, of idea of God that our remotest ancestors had before they even had many different gods, before they even had uh, demigods and demons and all this stuff. There was this 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 great figure at the beginning that uh, certainly predates any uh, what might have been alien activity on on the planet, if that even occurred. So uh, that would be my answer. I think the creation is the creation. And manipulation is manipulation. And never the twain shall meet, really, in a way. Very so, well put. All right. So let's look at this one, Ben. This is uh, this is from Meg, as, not to use her full name, I couldn't pronounce it anyway, from Denver, Colorado. Must be Greek. No. no. Oh, no. Uh, hi, Paul and Ben. I need your advice, because I think I have a parasite in the house. I am a single mom with three teen girls... Oh, then yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we have had uh, footsteps, uh, growling sounds, knocks on the window, knocks on the doors and windows with uh, nobody there, and even a screaming sound that sounds like it's coming from far away. I had a ghost hunter team come in and they said somebody was murdered here many years ago, of course, but things only got worse, of course. My oldest da- daughter uh, looked up some history and there was no evidence of anybody that anybody was murdered course. Uh, from listening to your shows, I wonder if my youngest daughter is the problem. Uh, she is 14 and stays in her room all the time. Uh, she is the only one that is not scared. I hear her talking to herself, and I know uh, she is interested in supernatural. What should I do? Talk to her. All right. Well, yes. Uh, one thing I would suggest... Well, there, there are several points here that, that Meg brings up. One is ghost hunting groups. Now, we had a guest in our CBS show last night, a wonderful fellow, um, John Tobin, uh, from the Albany, New York area, and he made it clear he does not run a ghost hunting group, but a, a, a ghost uh, sort of networking organization for ghost enthusiasts. And I respect that. However, I think as a rule... Well, it didn't seem like he promoted it. No, no. Which is what I respected because... Well, he uses it for fundraising for historical preservation, which, which is something dear to my heart. So yeah, but... So it, he's got it, good ulterior motives. But anyway, I, I think that there's an issue with many of these groups, or most of them. Uh, we don't... We, we ourselves do not work with such groups. We 
like to think we operate on a different level. Uh, their bios inevitably begin with, I had an experience at a very young age or I lived in a haunted house. Well, you can, you can have brain surgery and it doesn't qualify you to be a brain surgeon, you know, neurosurgery. So, but I think what's happening here is a lot of people are just assuming this can be a hobby and you can, just because you have a little experience uh, with having had experiences yourself or you've read books by people who themselves don't know what they're doing, that it somehow qualifies you. And there are even people who say they're they are certified ghost investors. Well, certified by whom? There's, there's no legitimate agency that I'm aware of that certifies anything. There are uh, some colleges or uh, universities that grant degrees in parapsychology. Uh, that's something else. And I, I just don't think that any, most of these people are qualified. Uh, they have no idea what they're getting into or what they're doing. They have no idea what they're getting involved with. They can mess up your, you, your home, your family, themselves mostly. And uh, it's just, I don't know, I, that, that whole ethos, I just, I just don't appreciate it. And uh, I don't mean to be unfair, but I just don't think people have any business fooling around with this stuff. However, you yourself seem to have found yourself in, or the paranormal found you, apparently, if that's what this is. Now, the first piece of advice, of course, is always the most important, and that's to bring your family together. Now, you're a single mom. I sympathize with that. I grew up with a single mom in a, in a time when that just didn't happen because my father had died, and it was very unusual in the 50s and 60s to have a single parent. So I know the difficulties there. And when you have three uh, teenage girls... Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, that, that, not, not that there's anything wrong with teenage girls. I'm sure Ben, of all people, no, would just, agree. No, I'm just saying, like, it, it's it's a tough time for... It, it's a tough age yeah. for... Yeah. It, it, uh, or if, boy or a girl. Yeah, I was just going to say, if it's boy or a girl, I mean, that's usually when things start going kind of kind of haywire. Well, I, I would be... I think you may be right. Uh, Being a former teenager myself. Yeah, <laughs> former teenager. Yes, a retired teenager. Yes. Uh, th- there is an issue with people, you know, when they sort of shut themselves in your room. Now, you never did that, but your brother did. I sort of did. Yeah, you go, 14, 15, you shut yourself in your room. You don't come out till you're like 16 or something. Oh, no, I didn't do that. Then you I didn't do that until I was back. like 17. Yeah. No, you didn't. Well, well you, you were a little different. from. I was, a, I was an oddball. Well, in a good sense. Uh, but anyway, th- this, this could be just that, or, as we've run into in other cases, uh, she could be in there, if you hear her talking to herself, she could be using a Ouija board or doing something that, that she should not be doing that can create problems for the entire family. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't been there, but that, and not like the, well, well, cause need a mess. That's not that. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong email. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, you uh, are. <laughs> you're kind of too far away here, Denver, for us to immediately run over. But I would say keep an eye on that situation, but try and bring your youngest daughter back into the family, if there's usually if they're 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 isolating themselves, there's there's some issue there. Make sure that your children and th- this is important. Make sure that everyone in the family has respect. That comes even before love. Love can even get a little disheveled and misdirected if you don't have respect. Respect is everything. It's the foundation that we need in our families, and heaven knows we need it in our country right now. Yeah. We need it in the, on the planet. Respect. And, and, of course, some of that is, that's a long story, but I would say try, try to foster that in your family. Yeah, not, not, not to be like, uh, only your children should respect you. You should respect your kids. And I would venture a guess here 
that you don't eat meals together in your family. Not not a lot of people do nowadays. Yeah, well, sometimes you know, but but for teenagers, that's important. Try. I know you're you're probably at your wits end. at your wits end. You know, working. I'm sure trying to get everything together, but you you could have uh, perhaps people take turns getting the meal ready, even if it's a simple meal, even if you just sit around, even with just a cup of coffee and just talk to each other. Try to bring the family together. We find that any parasitical activity is adversely affected, in a good sense for us, by respect, by love, by people coming together, standing shoulder to shoulder. Uh, we've, we've had cases where there was actually a, a paranormal entity, a, a parasite, uh, as, as the, the victim would describe, on her at the time. I took one of her hands, her husband took one of her hands, the thing backed right off. And he said, boy, I really see what you mean now about love chasing these things off. They just don't seem to respond to that, and they're repelled by positive energy as much as they're attracted by and feed upon negative energy. So I'd say start from square one. Start uh, really coming together with your family, building that respect, and, and spending some time together, all right? Because it just, it just kind of feels from your email like there's, there's a little bit of, of, of uh, negativity there in this. And then perhaps your, your younger daughter, if there is any connection with this, or any of your children, won't feel the necessity to go outside the family. You find very often young people who are involved in the occult here or are doing this stuff do so because they maybe haven't been too successful in their own lives. Things are maybe not going badly. Things are maybe going badly in school. Uh, they're having problems with their friends. Uh, maybe they broke up with a boyfriend. And these parasites will take advantage of this. It's always we'll- good to keep keep in touch with your kids too rather than yeah. being a laissez-faire kind of parent like oh I'll let them do what they want and then they'll just come to me when whatever you have to make yourself available for your kids yeah well Ben you know Ben knows because he's one of the greatest things about working with him especially when he was younger was he could talk to kids who wouldn't talk to me so you'd find stuff out like this sure you know yes yes so. yes I did <laughs> so in any case bring the family together um See if this. It's a tough task, but it's a tough task. But I think that this will have a positive effect on your situation. Now, from from a a strictly practical standpoint, too, look around, see if there's anything uh, tree limb banging against the house that may sound like a footstep. You know, Uh, see if there's uh, any sort of. uh, uh, We had. I had a house many years ago that people said, "Oh, they hear this screaming sound. We're all terrified." It was just. It was the wind. In a part of the aluminum siding of the place, had aluminum siding in those days, was was bent out and it was creating a whistling sound when the wind would blow under the eaves. And that was a scream they were hearing. So check that out as well. But most of all, come together. I think that's it. And, and then let us know how it goes. Uh, bring your daughter back into, into the family. Indeed. Okay. All right. That was our advice on that one. Uh, here is, um, oh, this is a, kind of an interesting one. Oh, we only got four minutes? Okay. Well, uh, well, well that, that's kind of a quick one. Let's well, I'm just saying we have to end it a little bit early. Yeah, okay. Okay, so hi, Paul and Ben. I heard that candles, uh, from the heat of them, can feed parasites, but I see that many paranormal people and witches use candles in ceremonies. Are they trying to attract demons or parasites? What's the story about candles? Okay, well, that's a good question. We never had anybody ask that before. I've never really thought about that. Yeah, no, I've actually heard in the past... and. Uh, in a, in a way, I don't know, I'm not going to say I experimented with it, but that the heat of a candle, you know the whole thing about the room getting cold when there's supposed to be some entity in it, you know, you, that, oh, yeah. that, that's a common thing. Now, oddly enough, in 42 years of, of ghost investigating, I have never, I've once noticed that. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me. But there was one time it was in an old farmhouse in Connecticut, and something was. There was Maybe a because it was an old farmhouse. No, no. This was there, there was a series of events that led up to this. Oh. We, were, we were going up to up some stairs, and something was following us, turning on the lights as we went by. Oh, and finally, sweet. I said, "I'm going to find out." So I went down and I followed it into a room. It vanished through, I guess, what would commonly be called a portal, and the room got very cold. So I said, "That's interesting," but that's the only time I can remember that ever happening. I've never had the, that feeling of cold. I had other things, you know. I don't know about you, Ben, but uh, no, I've I've literally never experienced yeah. that. I mean, unless you consider like hair standing on end to be like cold. No, that's not the same. Then thing. Then again, I mean, like, uh, like different re- religions use candles for different things. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Well, the point being with this question that it's commonly thought that these entities will will, will suck all the heat out of a room, and that's why it gets cold. Right. Uh, now, um, I don't know about okay, that. that I mean, might... That's that's possible, but I've seldom run into it. But uh, candles are used, of course, in in churches and all sorts of uh, or positive, what are supposed to be positive environments. Well, I suppose it's because it's a very important symbol to our culture. Fire, it, right? It right. Can be used light in really well, not well. Light and fire means important to survival. Yeah, heat, have heat. Sure. Yeah. Heat and like anything to cook stuff over. So I I suppose it would be very. Uh, sacrilegious to take it and turn it into something that's not supposed to be like say use it for dark magic and crap like that yeah i suppose that that's that's a thing but, but uh, frankly i wouldn't really worry about it i mean if you want to burn a scented candle in your living room go right ahead I, mean, I wouldn't think it's going to uh, attract uh, anything particularly negative that's not there already so to speak so but again use your judgment but i don't think candles are, are a big problem nope not at all so well, that's about it for tonight so well, we're not done yet. I'm just we can still do some announcements and stuff, but oh, that sure. is pretty much not exactly all, folks. So don't forget we have over 400 free podcasts of all of our shows, and they are available at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Okay, and we certainly point you toward our website, uh, behindtheparanormal.com, of course, where you can also check out our guests, past, present, and future, and uh, buy my books, subscribe, subscribe to our newsletter, which is kind of coming out quarterly at this point because it's very time-consuming. Uh, you can even apply to become a reporter at the site. We have reporters all over the country who we will have on the show, uh, the CBS version, in a couple of weeks, uh, just to give uh, uh, reports from um, their various areas of the country. And we also have one in England, too. And there are over 400 free podcasts, of course. So many thanks to our producer, Ben himself. And next week, November 19th, when Ben and I uh, will welcome uh, Mariah Delacroix, I believe she pronounces it in the French manner, a psychic mortician and author of the book Restless in Peace. That ought to be a barn burner, that one. Oh, boy. All right, so on our regular CBS edition on November 18th, my dad and I will host another open line show. If you have any questions for us or for our guests, you can get those emails in now at Ben. That you can email Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com, but I'm having trouble with my email, so email my dad instead. Okay. Uh, we leave you this evening with a quote from that old sweetheart, Mark Twain. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.